Some of us take a lot of time over the decision on what clothes you will wear. Some of you take time and you do a brilliant job. Other people don't take a lot of time. I know there's a lot of males there that as long as it's a, it's a, a pair of jeans and a shirt of any color that it's going to work together, you'll put that on. And for some of you, we have great success in looking really good. And for other people, you don't look so good that often. And it can be a bit of a struggle. And I used to be one of those people that used to struggle with uh, my fashion, to be honest with you. And uh, I used to go through a season in life as my uh, teenage years where I don't think I did that well. And I went through a bit of a collection of some photos I thought that I'd bring up here tonight just to show you... Brad Sabat, he's left. He's so ashamed of the photos of, is that my pastor? He used to dress like that, did he? What a, what a mighty fine collection. Like on the left, baggy as jeans, a big baggy jumper. That's a skivvy underneath that said like some surf brand underneath with, uh, with some runners on. Not a good look. The second one, well, pink all over the place. A jumper that says, after the Holocaust, with a surfer on it, <laughs> with some, uh, what are they, some purple, they are Converse All-Stars, so the brand's okay, but I'm just not sure on the colours. And then we go to this little, they've got to be white jeans, I think, and some random jumper. And then how is my Year 12 formal outfit? Like, that's, that's Mickey Mouse there, or Mickey Mouse, or one of those, that's, that's poor form, poor form. And uh, Nat, will con uh, she will also say that when she met you, I was struggling. I was struggling. But thank goodness she looked beyond that. Thank goodness she worked beyond what was on the uh, outside. And thank goodness I was doing okay on the inside. Now, I'm so glad that one of the upsides of marriage is I get a second opinion. I can go out and go, Nat, how's this? And quite often she'll shake her head and go, mm, try again. And quite often I need the third opinion and the fourth opinion and the fifth opinion. I struggle sometimes. I know Dorian Rose, who are getting married on Saturday, they're, they're stylish, both of them. Like, come on, they're going to need no help in this arena. They're all over it already. But for some of us, like myself, I needed a lot of help. And my corduroy brown pants, weren't, uh, they were quickly thrown out, I think, in the early days of our marriage. But you see, it doesn't really matter what we put on the outside in some realms. I know it's good to look appropriate and look good, but ultimately, it's what's going on on the inside. And that's what God's interested. And that's what we need to sometimes focus on. Don't be so focused on what's happening on the outside, but actually spend some time in life looking on the inside. I know when Samuel was looking to anoint one of the sons of Jesse to be king, says this in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, David's elevation in life wasn't because of his outward appearance. It was because what was happening on the inside. And I want to encourage us here tonight. It's not really about the bank account, about the job, about the status, about the clothes we wear, but it's about what's happening on the inside. And it's something that we need to get going well. Thank goodness as a young man, I was working on the inside 
And because of that, I got the girl. Because of that, I got the girl. And it's something that I think all of us need to put some attention on and be considering what's really going on on the inside. So if you've got your Bibles here tonight, if you could turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has any grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I love the Word of God because it helps me in life. Because there's scriptures, there's passages, there's things in God's Word that will help you live this life. I know all of us sometimes just like to hear what we want to hear in life. And you're doing great. And, oh, you failed, but that's okay. And, oh, you... and they're good sometimes, but sometimes we need it to be given to us how it really is. And what I love about the Word of God is it's straight to the point. It is not hazy on how we are called to live a life with Christ. It is not gray. It is black and white. It is clear. And the Word of God gives us great direction in how we are to live life. And I find it helpful because I'm like anyone. I'm human and I stray and I make errors and I find myself off where God wants me to be sometimes. And it's the Word of God that I need to keep coming back to because I know as I read it, it starts shaping me and it starts telling me where I might be going wrong and helping me. And I love a passage like this that just lays it out. Starts telling me to clothe myself with some of these things and I find it really helpful and I'm grateful to God that he lays it out for me and it's there in his word and it's straight up and it's there for me to hear because I need to hear it sometimes because I'm human. And sometimes we find ourselves off where we need to be in God. And the Bible, as we read it, helps to get us back on the pathway we're meant to go in life. And it's truth. And it lays it out and it makes it clear. And we can work on our life. We can look at the areas we're not doing too good at and get better at it. Natalie and I have just, uh, we weren't here last weekend because we were on uh, vacation. We are on a holiday. We do a similar trip at the end of January every year. We go up north and uh, it was a great time. We stay near the ocean and we spend time at the beach and uh, the lake and we, uh, we relax and we really enjoy it. It's a great holiday. And um, every morning I had a similar routine where I'd get up early and uh, head down to the surf and see what the surf was like and either go for a wave or maybe go for a body surf if the waves weren't good or have a look at it. And then I'd go over to this lake because I can't fish and catch many fish in Sydney waters, as Mick will know, but you put me up there and I feel like a pro. I turn on to this master of fish whispering. Like, I turn on. And, uh, and this happened yet again this year. I have two spots up there that were on fire last year. The first spot, uh, the afternoon we arrived. I did a little bit of testing that afternoon and early that evening and I knew that it wasn't on. I noticed that the, the, uh, the, the volume in the lake was down before it was from the year before and I spoke to a local who said, oh, they've opened the lake up to the ocean and it's been all this rainwater. It's not happening. And I went back to my trusty other spot 
and I, it just turned on for me. I'm just like, I can catch fish in this place. I feel like a pro. Uh, I've got a little photo up here. I was uh, the hunter and gatherer for the family. And uh, this one's for you, Mick, because it's the only time of year I can rub it in that I caught fish. I know they look ugly. They caught a flathead. And, uh, and every morning I went out there, I was like, I felt like a pro. Like, I, seriously, I, I had to wade out. I, I waded out about 80 metres to start this fishing spot. And then I walked and kind of throw a lure for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of metres. And I end up maybe three or four hundred metres from the car. And I've, I've got this sorted. I've got my backpack on. I've got like a net attached to my board shorts. And then I've got like a leg rope with the keeper's net, which is where you keep the fish that are big enough to eat. And that was always had something in it. And uh, I had this thing sorted. And I was like, man, I'm a pro. This is just on. I won't catch fish for the next 51 weeks, but I'm catching them now. And I've just got it sorted. But I was thinking about it in life. We can't get to a place in life where we're like, I've got life sorted. I'm a pro and I'm, I'm conquering. We need to always be in that place of like, God, God, what do I need to change? God, what, 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 how can you mold me better to be more like Jesus? What, what am I doing? And just live in that place of actually wanting to have a change happen on the inside, to actually go to God and say, God, what do I need to do differently? Uh, where am I not following you? How you? Whatever it is, we need to be in that place, not like walking tall and walking proud and like I'm nailing it, I'm like a pro, but actually in that place of God, transform me. God, take me to where you want me to be. That is the place that we need to be in life. And we need to come to him day after day because he wants to take us from glory to glory. He wants to take us to a higher place. And it doesn't happen in an atmosphere where we're full of pride and we, are, we think we've got it all sorted. It happens when we're continually coming to him and say, God, break me where you need to break me. Prune me where you need to prune me. Take me to the place you want to take me to. Because when we start doing that in life, God's there and he's helping us. And he reveals things to us. And he highlights things to us that might help us in life so that he can take us to where he wants to take us. Because God is a good God. And he wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to do great and mighty things for him and his kingdom. But we've got to make sure we're in that place. We've got to be there. We've got to be there. Verse 12 in that scripture I just read starts off by saying, therefore, it's a reminder of what's just happened before that. And a whole lot of the start of a chapter 3 in Colossians is about us, you know, actually putting off the old self. We need to do that all the time where we put off the old self. We seem to have that happen when we first come to Christ. And if you've never had that happen in life, you've never given your life to the Lord at the end of the service, I'll give you an opportunity to do that. But all the time you see sins in our life and it's not like it doesn't, we get saved and we never sin again. We do sin and we've got to keep putting off, putting off the old self and keep walking into the new self. We put it off and we walk in and we, and we see it here in uh, the start of chapter 3. It's all about, you know, dying. You know, you've died with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. And you're to consider yourselves dead to sin. You're to put aside some of the things maybe you used to do and you're to put on your new self. It says this in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.20. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you had heard him and you have been taught by him, as the truth it is, in Jesus, that you put off 
concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. See, God has a life that he has for us. It's like a new life. It's like a new way. Like the Bible says, the old is gone, the new has come. We've got to put it on. We've got to put some things aside and step into it. We've got to make the sacrifice where sacrifices need to be made to go after this. And I love church because it's in this environment. It's in worship like we had tonight. It gives me a chance to, to call out from my heart to God. God, keep taking me forward. God, forgive me. God, I want to go after you. Light that fire again. It's that kind of environment where I can call out to God and, and really start moving to the, the way God wants me to be. We put off the old way. We don't go after our own needs and our own wants. We put them off and we, we start following all that he has for us. We start responding to his word like that. We take Christ into our hearts in all its truth. And we go after him. Who wants to go after God like never before in 2016? Like never, ever before. Don't be content with where we are right now. God doesn't want us to just stay holding ground. He wants us to take ground. He wants us to go forward. There's too big a city that needs to be saved. There's too many of our family members that don't know Jesus that need to know him. And it's up to us to get the fire, the fire in prayer, calling out to God for a move of God over our family and our friends and over our city. That's not going to happen if we're sitting at home watching TV every night, flicking through the Word for one minute on a Friday and showing up to church occasionally. This is what a passionate generation of people can do if they get on fire for the things of God. Let's get on fire, church. And I've been inspired this year. It's a new year, and, I, and I've been just wanting to put more God into it, just to go after Him at new levels, because I know as I do, God will move. And it's good. It's a good thing to have in life, to want, to have passion. I love church also, because you get to, you get around each other. And there'll be days where you, your fire starts to just go out a little bit, but you get around Brett and Scotty, and it starts to burn a little bit brighter around those people, and you get around Kathy Ashford, and you start to burn a little bit brighter, and you get around the Christianats, and you start to burn a little bit brighter, and after Dorian and Rose get married, you start burning even brighter than ever before with their joy, whatever it is, but that's, that's what happens. So we get around each other, and we get inspired to go on and go further, and let's do it. Let's do it with him. Romans 13, 14, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. See, there's always a battle going on, isn't there? There's a battle in our flesh. There's a battle going on. We need to be people who know how to conquer that battle and do well in that battle. And I reckon one of the greatest things we can do is do what we've read in Colossians is just clothe yourselves with the things of Jesus. Just clothe yourselves all the time. Think of yourself like that. I clothe myself. And I love the scriptures because it helps us. I recently read that exact passage in my quiet time. I'm kind of reading through Colossians. I'm, I'm still in, what, the last day of January. I'm still in Colossians. I'm just kind of going slowly. And as I read this exact passage, I started to think and, and pray it into my life. And I tell you what, within like an hour or two, I found myself 
in a circumstance and situation that I know I responded differently to what I would have if I hadn't read that. Because I, I, was, I was meditating on this about this kindness and, and wanting to have it bubble out of my life in new degrees and new levels. And then I find myself in a situation, I'm like, I'm going to be kind right now. Read that in God's Word this morning. I'm stepping into that. And I tell you what, that is a good feeling when you read the Word of God and it makes a difference in your world and your life. It actually makes a difference and you're like, I responded differently to what I would have if I wasn't in God's Word this morning. I responded differently. His Word. Putting on these things. Putting on the characters that God would want us to have. Galatians 5, 16 to 18, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Here's that battle I talked about. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Let's be people who walk in the spirit, who are led by the spirit, who just want God's way in our life who clothe ourselves ready for what life may throw at us. It is a great way to do things. Do it. Let's do it in life. Let's step into those things this year. I know in the book of Matthew it talks about, you know, whoever comes after me, take up your cross and follow me. And you know what? That cross, it's not kind of styrofoam. It's kind of heavy. It's kind of like it's got weight to it. And this Christian life, it's got a weight to it. And it's not easy all the time. But let's be up for the challenge. Let's be up for the challenge of taking up our cross daily, taking it up. Might have some splinters on it. Might have some old nails that are kind of falling into our backs. Whatever it is that we're actually people who are like, I'm going for it. With all the weight that might be needed on my side, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to build a strong life. I'm going to go after God. I'm going to get some good things happening in my life. I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to let it transform my life and my world. I'm going to be someone who takes up the cross and follows Jesus. Let's do that. And the rewards are great. We take this rugged, heavy cross, but I tell you what, I know it's good for my marriage. I know it's good for my, my children when I live the life Christ wants me to live, when I'm in Christ and living that out and actually making it into my daily life, I know that it's good for that. I know it's good for me. I know it's good for my ministry. It's so good in so many areas when I do this and do it well. I need to keep going after it. I think we all need to keep go after it in our lives, positioning ourselves for transformation by the power of God to be transformed. What a powerful thing to be transformed by God, to be transformed, to be taken from one state to another, one state to another as we put ourselves, the foot of the cross, as we put ourselves in a position to be transformed. How exciting is that? Who wants to go forward in life? Who wants to make a difference in life? We can all be part of this. Yeah, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Let's declare it over our life. Because we've got to mature. I mean, I've got young kids and I love the, uh, the rate that a, a, a child develops and a rate that a young kid, it feels like the other day we were sitting down reading just basic storybooks to our daughter Sienna and now you open her door and there she is 
a lot of nights reading like a you know a mature bible not like you know picture bible I'm, she's reading her own bible like she's developing maturing in all areas of life and let's go on that journey with god too over our life we have not arrived there is more for each and every one of us there's more in god there's more power coming on our lives there's more miracles flowing there's more healings flowing there's more people to be saved because of how we're living life these things are there for us. Let's not be content. Let's go after it. Let's progress. Let's go forward in what God would have for each and every one of us. One of the greatest joys of pastoring is seeing people progress and people go forward. I love it. It's one of the great joys of seeing people's Christian walks develop and get stronger and go deeper in Him and seeing fruit bubble out of their lives. We love it, Nat and I. We love seeing that happen in people's lives. But let's make sure that we're going forward. And let's just make sure on the inside we're healthy. Yesterday morning, one of my children said, oh, Dad, I'm hungry. And I'm like, I'm one of those dads who wants to go to fruit first, just trying to get that happening in our household. And I'm like, oh, what do you want? They go, an apple. And I look in the, in the bowl and there's one single apple left. So I go and grab that apple and go to cut it up for my kid. I can't remember which child it was, but I take it to the bench. I get out the knife and I... I, I go to cut it off. The thing looked pretty good on the outside. It wasn't perfect, but it looked pretty good. And as I cut into that apple, it just a bit fell off. And it was like the whole inside was brown. I'm like, this does not look good. And I, I went to the other side of it and just hoping there might be like half a good apple. And I cut into it and just that, like the 80% of this apple was completely rotten and brown. That apple was always destined to be discovered like that. It was in that bowl, it was rotten, might have looked okay on the outside, but it was going to come out what was really on the inside of that apple. I'm just grateful I did not bite into that thing, that I was using a knife at the time. And you know what, in our life, let's make sure we've got it going on well on the inside. Well on the inside. I was uh, at home last year and, um, I don't know, I was, for some reason I looked on top of my air conditioning unit and... Um, I went to kind of like go and get some dust off the top of it. I, I had to jump up on a table. It's like high in the wall and I kind of jumped up there. And I kind of as I went like that, I noticed I think something kind of moved and I'm like, oh, what's under this flap? You know, it's an aircon unit. I just know to turn the thing on and off and what temperature. And, and as I flipped it up, I kind of went, uh-oh. In front of me as I took this massive flap up was these two filters. It hadn't dawned on me that... I should be cleaning out some filters in my aircon unit at home. It had been on the wall for years. And as I looked on these filters, it was like about a centimetre thick of like just dust and crud and all sorts of things. Like I'm talking thick. And then it dawned on me. I didn't think this thing had been working that well of late. Like it just didn't seem to have the power. And, and I'm like, the air conditioner, it's got filters. The filters need to be cleaned. They need to be washed. So as you can imagine right there and then, before doing anything else, I took out one at a time these disgusting-looking filters. Apologies, Ziad, about this uh, bad air conditioning uh, maintenance program happening at, the, happening at the Taylor house. I think Ziad blessed me with that air conditioning. Thank you, Ziad. And as I took it to the laundry and wiped it off, do you know what was great going back and plugging them in and going, ooh, I wonder how it works now, and just hitting that thing and things like yes it's working but it looked pretty good on the outside but on the inside it was in a different state 
and it was not having the output anywhere near the power that it should have been putting out. Let's make sure we're working on the inside. We're allowing God to transform us for him to do his thing. And let's make sure as we read scriptures, we think, how can this be applied? How can I do this? I, I want to be like Jesus. I want to put these things on. I want to be clothed with these things because they're beautiful things. And there's just so many scriptures we could go into that are just got, they're good guidance and they're good directions. If this thing's collecting some dust at home, can I encourage you. Just go home, read Colossians, there's four chapters. Take a month like I have, go into it. Just get, be into the Word of God. Be into God's Word, because it'll help you. It'll help you. And I think of those things it's talking about, to go and put on these things. You know, the, in the Greek, that word is in duo, which means to sink into, to put on, to clothe oneself. We need to be putting these things on and to think of those things, to put on compassion. And kindness, humility and gentleness and patience and all of these particular things all relate to doing life with each other really, don't they? They're about relationships and, and they're important things and they make a really big difference to life. And I tell you what, if these things bubble out of your life, great fruit will come with them. I've got no doubt about that. We recently had some brand new neighbours move into the street. We haven't had new neighbours for a while. They're about across the road, maybe about six houses down. I, I, uh, I saw them buy their house. I went down to the sticky beat at the auction. Anyone ever done that? I wonder what the house was sold for. And, and I noticed the guy who bid it on the house. And then, you know, six or eight weeks later, whatever it was, I saw uh, this family moving in. So we, uh, we went to our backyard and got the Christmas bush because we've got this little Christmas bush. It's not that big, but it does pretty well. And... Uh, I don't know, Christmas is just a nice time to go and give someone some Christmas bush. So we went and chopped some off and we ran it down and said welcome to the street and gave them some Christmas bush. And then like a week later, uh, my daughter was going around. Uh, she'd wrap some succulent plants in some Christmas wrapping. She was actually going around the street selling them. But then we had a discussion about selling them to the new neighbours and we decided we, might as well, we should just give one away to them. Don't, don't go and knock on their door. Oh, we gave you something last week, but now we want your money. So... Uh, you know, we went and gave them something and, uh, you know, just, just simple kindness. Well, the other day that gentleman came down the street and he stopped. He goes, oh, it's a small well. And I go, oh, what? He goes, you wouldn't believe it. I know, the heckix. And I'm like, oh, really? He goes, oh, mate, like blood brothers. So anyway, he starts telling me that he knows Chris and Rose and all their family. And then I, was, I, I spoke to Chris this week. I said, oh, you know, I saw Ace. And he said, he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, Hartley, the cool thing was... We were at you know, this barbecue with all my family and those guys were there. And, you know, he's obviously got family members that don't attend church and might think certain things about church. But as this new neighbor and Chris started putting the pieces together because the new guy said, oh, I'm in Dundas. And Chris is like, oh, whereabouts? He goes, oh, I'm in this street. He goes, oh, whereabouts in that street? He goes, oh, he goes, my pastor lives on the corner. He goes, oh, pastor. He goes, Oh, Hartley. He goes, oh, those guys are awesome. And started, they came in and brought us presents. So kind to us. And so there's Chris's family hearing this discussion about the pastor at this church who's kind to a guy that he didn't know a few weeks ago, but this acts of kindness. And, and all of a sudden, Chris is feeling really good about, yeah, that's my pastor. And, you know, 
I'm just saying this because this act of kindness, like we want to see Sydney one for Jesus Christ. We want to see lives change. We need to clothe ourselves with things that actually are going to make a difference. And there's all sorts of things that God wants to do in our life, like these things and so many other things that are going to take us from one place to another, to another, to another, so that our lives are better, our family lives are better. We're seeing people one for Jesus Christ. Let's take the city. Let's be people who are transformed and changed by the power of God. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Let's believe that it can be our lives touched and changed in 2016. Touched and changed in 2016. Let's be transformed by the renewing of our minds, transformed by the Word of God. Let's be people who really, we don't just talk the talk. Let's be people who do the walk. And we're not perfect. And as the band comes right now, we've all got circumstances, situations we're working through right now in our own lives. But let's just make sure that we're people that are just allowing God to, to prune us, allowing God to transform us, allowing God to take us to where he wants to do. And if we just have that thing in our lives of just going after him, being in Christ, putting some of these things on, we spend a lot of time about this stuff. Let's make sure on the inside we're clothing ourselves with the things that Jesus would want to clothe us with. Amen. As we draw to a close here tonight, I have one really, really important question. And I mentioned it before. If you're here tonight, and you're not walking with the Lord. This is an opportunity in this service, amongst family, amongst friends here tonight, for you in a moment to raise your hand and say, hey, Hartley, that's me. I am here tonight, and I haven't got Jesus in my heart. I'm not walking closely. I'm nowhere near where you've, where you've discussed, but I'd like to start that journey. If you're that person here tonight, in a moment I'll ask you to raise your hand. The thing that I love about God is he gave the most amazing gift ever in Jesus Christ, and it was a gift. But we all know that when a gift is given, you need to receive the gift. And that's what this moment is now. It's receiving Jesus into your life. So if you're here tonight and you've never done that, tonight can be your night. I did this as a young man. I've never regretted it. I never will regret it. It is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best thing I've ever done in my entire life was to say yes to Jesus. And if you have not done that here tonight, tonight is your night. Maybe you're here tonight and you once did this, but you know the fire's not there, the passion's not there, you are far from God. And tonight you're wanting to make a decision to say yes to coming back to Him. In a moment also, I'd love for you to raise your hand. And maybe you're a third category of people. You're unsure of where eternity is for you right now. If you're here tonight and you are unsure of where you are to spend eternity, that is not the thing to be unsure of. You need to make 100% sure that you are on your way to heaven. And this prayer that I'll lead you in in a moment can also make sure that you have that assurance in your life, that assurance of salvation, that is the greatest gift to have in life, the gift of Jesus and the gift to know that you're on your way to heaven forever and ever and ever. So right now, if everyone could just bow their heads and close their eyes. 
just to make sure there's no distractions. If you're here tonight, number one, you want to receive Jesus for the first time. Number two, you've done it before, but you've slipped away. The relationship is cold and you want to come back tonight. Or number three, you're here tonight and you're unsure of where you are to spend eternity. You can be assured here tonight by saying this prayer. So who is there tonight? If you could raise your hand, if you're any of those three categories, just say, yes, Hartley, I would like to say that prayer. Yes, Hartley, include me in that prayer. I need to get my life right tonight. I can't have this year go on any further. Not a single day as it has been. I need that assurance of salvation. I need Jesus in my life. I need to make sure in my life that I'm walking close with God. Who is there tonight saying, yes, Hartley, that is me. You can shoot your hand up nice and boldly, high in the air. Thank you, my friend. That's so wonderful. Who else is there here tonight? You're far from God and you want to come back. You're far from Him and you're saying, yes, Hartley, include me. Yes, Hartley, I need to say this prayer too. I've let the relationship slip. I'm not close with the Lord and I want to be close with the Lord. Who is there tonight who would want to join in this prayer too? I'll give it another few more moments. It's the most important time of the whole meeting. Who else would like to say this prayer? Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, could we all look this way? One of our dear guests raised a hand tonight. I don't want to embarrass you. But what I'd love to do is just lead you in your prayer. I'm going to come down here. We're all going to stand up. Could I just meet you here just so we can say this together? This is beautiful. This is wonderful. This is a good thing you are doing tonight. This is good for your life. This is the best thing you can do in life. So let's say this prayer. I'm just going to say, you can just close your eyes, repeat these beautiful words to God. Dear God in heaven, please forgive me tonight. Forgive me of my sins. I decide to follow Jesus tonight. I invite him into my heart. From this day forward, I decide to follow you. I decide to live for you. I thank you that tonight I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father God, I thank you for our friends here. I thank you, Lord, for her boldness tonight to raise that hand. I thank you that you've seen it and you've heard this prayer tonight. And I thank you, Lord, you touch her. That, Lord God, as she drives home tonight, she feels a weight lifted off her shoulders. She feels, Lord God, close to you. And I thank you, Lord God, her future is in the palm of your hands, that you would bless her, that you would guide her in life. I just thank you, Lord God, for this great decision tonight. In Jesus' name. Well done. Congratulations. Fantastic. Awesome, awesome. That just brings so much joy to my heart to see someone receiving Jesus into their life. That's what it's about, church. Let's keep inviting people. Let's keep shining. Let's keep allowing God to transform our life. Let's just pray before we sing a final song. Father God, Thank you, Lord. You can help us. You can help us to live a great life on this earth. 
that we can put away the old self, that we can walk with you, clothed with how you would want us to to be clothed, Lord. That what's happening on the inside counts to you, God, and it matters to you. And I thank you, Lord, you can help us to live in such a significant way that we would make a difference in this world. We would make a difference in our street. We would make a difference in our family. That truly, Lord God, Father God, the inside of our lives would be transformed for the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Let's sing a final song.